man, I'm telling you, these dudes are going to blow your mind. They took a leave of absence to uncover the secrets of parallel universes, and now they're back. I hope they can take a break from decoding cosmic mysteries to have a chat with my buddy, Elon. What? In the symphony of existence, where time dances to its own rhythm, we encountered a moment that seemed plucked from the lyrical tapestry of Blink-182, a hiatus akin to the silence between heartbeats, a pause elongated by three orbits around the sun, as if we had ventured into the space between what's my age again and all the small things. As fans of the cosmic melodies they wove, our space-faring heroes, Jill Fett and Ripley Scott, found themselves cemented into an astral void, where the stars stood still just like Tom DeLong's local maturity. In this ethereal journey, the blink enveloped us, though not in the way that their music had, for as the infamous trio rekindled their sonic energies and made history, so too did we resurface from the ephemeral embrace of the blink, much like a chorus breaking free from the bridge. Now we rejoice as the black swirl makes its triumphant return to the anti-matter minute. The audience's laughter harmonizing with the universe. A blend of intergalactic tranquility and small pecker jokes. In the cosmic overture conducted by Morgan Freeman's soothing tones, we embark anew, poised to traverse the comedic dimension once more. What in the name of Doc Brown just happened? Something feels funny. I, I know what you mean. It feels like my insides were on the outside for a second. Wait a minute. Did you try to use the food synthesizer to heat up your fleshlight again? What? How could I do that? Never mind. First of all, her name isn't Fleshlight. It's Margot Rubney. Second of all, I learned my lesson last time I did that, and the swirl was engulfed in a quantum neutron cloud. Yeah, that's right. I was hearing colors and seeing sounds for weeks. Why are we talking about this? We need to find out what happened. Okay, okay, okay. Let me check the ship's status. All systems normal. That's odd. Zero! Hey, Fruxy baby! I think his batteries are dead. By the looks of it, they've probably been dead for a long time. Well, all I remember is we were on our way to pitch TV show reboot ideas to the interdimensional cable network over on C-37 jamming to the old school blink when I had a ring in my ear and it all went dark. Oh, holy sh**, holy sh**, holy sh**, holy sh**. A notification just came up on my Spotify 9000 saying that Tom is back in blink. That must be it. Wait, what must be it? I I'm seriously confused. Well, think about it. The last time we felt, well, alive, Blink was getting back together with that guy from Alkaline Trio. You mean Skiba? Yeah, yeah, the universe must not have liked us jamming to the watered-down Matt Skiba stuff, so it took us out of commission so we wouldn't mess with the time stream and set things right. Let me get this straight. You're telling me that the universe, quote, blinked us from existence out of fear we would mess things up? Like some sort of twisted B-movie ripoff of Final Destination in space? I mean, yeah! That or it saved us from the shitty Blink era and brought us back in time for the OG lineup so they could go back on tour. You know what? I thought maybe it was because we passed through a time displacement wormhole a few light years back, but I think this Blink theory might be much better. We'll go with that. Yeah, what's up, Dimension Hoppers? We're back! Stop. Quit hitting buttons. Let's go. Sorry.
It's time for the news. My name is Joba Jiminy Cricket, frozen in carbonite. It's been a while, Fett. And I'm Ripley. You really thought it was over, Scott. And you're aboard a ship called the Black Swirl, surfing the antimatter minute dimension in which the minutes of the day don't matter, and listening to a soft reboot backdoor pilot episode spinoff edition of Close Encounters of the Slurred Kind. Man, it has been a while, Ripley. It has been a while. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. I say... We just dive right in to what we are going to now lovingly refer to as the hyperspace headlines. Bum, bum. Sounds a little bit better than hitting the hopper or <laughs> let's hit the news hopper. I don't know. We used to say that a lot. Okay. Well, I guess I'll start us off. The first article that we have <laughs> is coming to you from Whiskey Riff, which is a news article. I don't know. I would assume it's somewhere in Kentucky. Uh, but it's woman sneaks handgun into Chicago White Sox game by hiding it in her belly fat, accidentally shoots herself and someone else. <laughs> this was told to me by my roommate, which I thought totally couldn't be accurate or real. Did you know about this story? All I had heard is that there was a shooting at the White Sox game. I did not real realize that it was because an obese woman shot herself and someone else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Police apparently initially reported that a 42-year-old woman suffered a gunshot wound on her leg and another 26-year-old woman was grazed by the bullet in the abdomen. Oh, my Lord. This is the most – Just it has to, this has to have taken – wait a minute. Hold on. Where are the White Sox located? That's Chicago. This, I was going to yep. say, this woman had to have been visiting Chicago from Kentucky. And that must be why the Whiskey Riff covered the story. Because that's just such a Kentucky thing to do. That is a Kentucky thing to do, 100%. I was looking at some of, like, I did find this on Reddit, too, after my roommate told me about it. I found a good article of this on Reddit. And it's actually what directed me to the Whiskey Riff, which covered it. And I thought this was the best formatted article but <laughs> so the comments on the reddit thread had me in stitches man it was like it was like the next thing you know a bald eagle is gonna pop out of her like her truffle neck or like her her neck truffles or it was it was so funny oh my lord it's like this the story's just missing like a kfc wing out from under one of her thighs that she you know had stashed stash back there just so funny so funny to me i mean I'm not a big baseball fan, but I, I, I wouldn't want to shoot anybody at a baseball game. It doesn't annoy me that much. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, just classic. Very classic. classic. Sounds like a very, you know, even though it didn't happen in Kentucky, Chicago is known for, you know, all the uh, stuff of the, you know, the crimey kind of stuff that's happening in the world. And so this kind of is a fitting scenario to take place, I think. So um, hopefully nobody's white socks got stained red and that, uh, you know, no one like died, which, you know, that's, that's, that's the takeaway here. That's the takeaway here. So anywho, thought that was a funny article. That was mine. Uh, what do you have up your sleeve, Ripley? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Don't you hate it when just like people blow up your phone, like just like, hey, why won't you stop calling me? 
just you know let my phone be what it is i don't need to be blowing up right oh yeah uh, happens well, all the time unfortunately for a man in mexico he got a literal literal version of that um so a a man in mexico who ordered a smartphone was flabbergasted after he received a bomb in the mail uh the what identified yeah, the unidentified customer claimed that he had ordered the communications tool from an online store to his house in Leon, Guanajuato. Um, ah, the, but the bomb was made in China. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So he uh, he ordered the smartphone, and little did he know he was actually going to receive a grenade. Um, I was just about to ask you what kind of bomb, a grenade. Okay, well, was this grenade, did it have a pin? Was the pin securely in place? I would have freaked out because I don't know how to make a grenade go off, but I'm sure I would figure out a way to do it on accident. Uh, yeah, from the pictures, it doesn't look like that it had the traditional pin and you know lever that we see. It was a frag grenade, so not good. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So concerned over the potentially deadly mix-up, the man phoned authorities whereupon the bomb squad was dispatched to the scene. Um, oh, my the, gosh. Yeah. In the uh, Ministry of National Defense, cardoned off the man's do uh, domicile, obviously making sure that nobody was going to get close to it. Um, is yet unclear who sent the grenade, man. which is illegal to own in Mexico. One of the few things I'm sure that is legal to own or do in Mexico. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I was thinking of, as you said, this article, or as you started talking about it, is this would make such a fitting, like, early 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or a um, Sylvester Stallone walkaway scene where, like, all of a sudden he pulls out his phone and it explodes and he goes, that was a close call. Something... <laughs> super super cheesy like that i'm like oh my gosh what a great opportunity i'm surprised hollywood hasn't jumped on this and it's not in the next like five or six shitty movies coming out in the theaters in the next few you know months oh my gosh he didn't That's want amazing. to answer <laughs> you wouldn't want to know who was behind the line oh mm. well that's hilarious i love it i love it so we got Fat people putting guns up in their fat rolls and blowing blowing the socks off the people next to them, and you got somebody else who's trying to order the next iPhone 16, which looks just like the iPhone 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and ends up almost losing a finger. Gosh, the world we live in, Ripley. The world we live in. I'm telling you what. It's crazy. Well... All that being said, that takes us into our special Ed edition. We're not being, you know, Wait, colorful or anything. Special Ed? What the? Yeah, what the it's wrong with you? What? It's fine. Come on. We're taking it back. We're taking it back. It doesn't have to mean something else. Special Ed, just edition. Special, the special edition of the paper. Is that not a thing people say? I think that's a thing people say. Mm, agree to disagree alright whatever we'll find a name for it later we're going into the special segment ladies and gentlemen we're going to talk about the 10 best and worst rebooted pop culture franchises as well as some honorable mentions uh, so first we're going to go through the good and uh, or sorry just kidding we're going to go through the bad so we're going to give you the bad first and um, 
we're going to go through the the good and then the ugly, which I guess bad and ugly are kind of interchangeable. So I guess, is there any ugly on here? I don't think I put any ugly. Okay, strike that. No ugly. Just good and bad. Okay. So, for the first one, the Power Rangers movie. We're going through the bad. Did you see the Power Rangers movie? Unfortunately, I I, I did, yes. <laughs> you would think that Brian Cranston could bring something amazingly powerful, uh, but even as a giant head you know you know what you know what it reminded me of that whole thing where he was that big like you know that they were looking at the metal screen and had the different like textured metal things moving to like the shape of his face you remember that thing that you put on your hand and you put your hand through it, it was like nails but they weren't sharp nails but you could like put it on your face and then you know put it on your chest and, you know and you know what i'm talking about that little it was like a 90s thing i think yeah Anyways, that's all I could think of. It was very distracting. I kept watching his big metal morphing face being like, I had one of those when I was a kid. And I remember being like, being like I could just I could just see him being inappropriate and be like, oh, I assume my, my looks like if it was metal, you could like just put it down. And I'm like, eh, you know, it's a good thing you just stuck stuck it on his face. But um between between sorry, get, getting off this off on that tangent. It was a very, very bad movie. You know how much product placement was in there? I don't, I don't know if you caught this or not, but I was very excited for this movie to come out because I loved the Power Rangers growing up. Uh, the, what was it? There was a donut. Was it donuts or something? Krispy Kreme. The whole movie was a Krispy Kreme ad. If you ever go back and have to watch it for your kids or whatever reason, keep an eye out for Krispy Kreme because it's in every scene, I swear to you. I do not recall that, but that is hilarious. Yeah, basically just a bunch, just a bunch of cheesy action CGI sequences with just in, in a with the the call to action being sell donuts, which is very bizarre to me. So, right. anyways, going on to movie number two, we got Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. This this is one of the the word. This might make it to the very tippy top of like some of the movies that really get my blood boiling. I don't know. This one was so bad. I couldn't finish it. I didn't finish this movie. I don't know. Did you watch the whole thing? Did you ever even, I hope you, this is the, the female version, right? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And Chris Hemsworth dancing and yes. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so bad. And this has no bearing on my feeling towards strong empowered women, ladies, you're awesome. You're amazing. And even you shouldn't have been subject to watching this movie, <laughs> man. I couldn't stand it. What's who's the fat woman that got popular on Gilmore girls. I, everyone loves her. Oh, um, Melissa. Um, yeah. Something. Got Melissa, Melissa car keys. Uh, McCarthy. That's that's what it is. Yep. Good. McCarthy. I don't find her funny. She's very over the top in the way that Jim Carrey was over the top successfully. She's, in my opinion, not achieving the same level of success. So it's kind of like eh, for me. Um, so I don't know. That was a terrible one. So we moving on. Moving on. Yeah. The I uh, didn't... one with Paula Rudd was much better. Oh, dude, it was so good. And they're making a sequel to that sequel, by the way. 
it's in production. I don't know when it's going to come out, what the setting's going to be, uh, and if any of the original ones are going to be on, be in it again. But very excited, very excited. Yeah, that was a good one. Did you watch the next one on the list? That '90s show. I have not watched it at all. I know. Uh, I I refuse. No, I. I me too. Uh, out of principle, because there's no exactly. way it could be. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Me too. I, I've got a coworker from Belarus, and I was trying to explain to her uh, Red and Eric Foreman today, and she's like, "I'm like, have you seen that '70s show?" She's like, "No." I'm like, "Okay, you you need to watch that '70s show because it is fantastic. It is American classics. I don't know, can't so really good. call it cinema, but silver screen glory." Ugh. And yeah. And anything that tries to derive itself from that is outright blasphemy. They tried to totally do that agree. show back in the early 2000s. Do you remember that? I wasn't it like a pilot that was like one episode. Was there multiple episodes or was it just one? I think there was multiple episodes, but it did not make it through the first season. Like it was just so campy and like, yeah. Like, yeah. That's where you're Man. like, you know what, Fox? Fuck you. Like, fuck you, Fox. Just. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It's one of those things where like when you when, when a a show hits its stride, it should also know when to stop. You know what I mean? Like yes. all the best shows on TV knew when to stop. Uh save like Dexter. It it just kept crawling onward Dexter and it was, was like seasons too long for Yeah. Sure. Totally was. Totally was. And Deb totally well, should have shot him in the in the I think anything on Showtime is three seasons too long because Weeds was also great through like the first three or four seasons. And then they're like, you know what? Let's just keep going. It's like, no, don't. That's actually a show that I've never watched. Should I invest in that? Uh, Just like the first three or four seasons. And then you'll see somebody use a croquet mallet in a way that you didn't expect possible. And at that point, just stop. That, that, just right. assume everything works out after that because that is the that is the last decent moment of that show unless you just like gratuitous sex scenes which there are mm. a, a decent amount of uh, speaking I have of which been, I uh, have been known to enjoy those uh, so Julie Bowen who uh, claimed to fame in um, Happy Gilmore and Modern Family more recently she was on that before Modern Family went on and she had a sex scene with the um, oh. the, the son, the much younger son, or the, yeah, like a, he's basically like twenty twenty two at the time, and she was supposed to be like forty something. Let me guess, the dryer was broken, and she went down and was like, "I'm stuck, I can't get oh, no, she, out of she, the dryer." She definitely cougared him, and it, <laughs> it was fantastic. I mean, oh not my as gosh, much as you probably want to see, but nonetheless. Still enjoyable. Still enjoyable. Still enough. Still enough. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, moving on to the next one, we got Girl Meets World and Fuller House. These are two other ones. I put them on the same line because I did the top 10. Technically, these both count as number four because they're just so blatantly Girl. obvious cash grabs. It's like cashing yeah. on nostalgia, man. Trying to cash out on that that sweet, sweet childhood memory that just is gone. You know, uh, right. I loved again. Yeah, I loved Boy Meets World. I probably have seen every episode twice. I loved that show. But even for the sake of the cast returning for that, I have no desire at all to to witness no. what that could be. 
And I sadly did probably see three episodes or so of Full, Fuller House when it came out on Netflix. Was it any good? Was, what was it? No, it was so, so, so bad. And the only reason <laughs> that, all right, this is what would get us kicked off the internet. Uh, the only reason to watch it was that Stephanie is was built like a brick shit house. <laughs> Come on, man. We all know you watched it because John Stamos was in it at some point. Oh, Come on. Well, you know, if, if I were to swing that way, it'd be him and Brad Pitt. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. That's great. That is great. What was the line in Step Brothers with John Stamos? It was okay. favorite, uh, favorite, favorite non-pornographic magazine to, to whack it no. to. Good housekeeping. Good housekeeping. Uh, I don't know. It was something about favorite someone you would, if you had to, I don't remember what the line was, but John Stamos it was so fun. Yes. Classic. Classic. Um, I, I, if you were a chick, who's the one guy you'd sleep with? <laughs> John Stamos. <laughs> so good. Uh, next one on the list, we got uh, number five coming at you at every Halloween following the original. I hold to this tightly because I hate it. All of them. There was one that sh- was kind of okay. You were kind of like, oh, maybe this is okay. And it's actually gotten a cult following, and it's kind of one of those reboots where it was a reboot as well as a continuation. It was, it was Halloween H2O. Oh, yeah. And everyone liked it. Yeah. But I, I still eh, – it's just, it's just 90s cheese balls. H2O was Jamie Lee Curtis's return to the franchise, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is what I think made fans kind of excited enough to consider it worth following in some aspect. But, man, they've just been so bad. Rob Zombie was just obsessed with his weird-ass, like, you know, fixation on blood and gore and just... I don't know if you watched... Did you watch any of the Rob Zombie Halloweens? They were, they no. were the definition of effed up, man. Oh, my gosh. Well, they were awful. And then the way they ended the whole thing was just if you watch Halloween ends. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's the perfect example of a way not to end a popular franchise. Totally. Um, So the one after that is every Terminator following T2. And I did in my mind write that. And as I was writing it, I was like, "Uh, but Terminator Salvation was my guilty pleasure. <laughs> I love that one so much. Everyone hated it, and I loved it. But how do you feel about all the Terminator movies? I thought they were all great until, and all, I mean, all, all first two. Yeah, I I can't really remember enjoying one after the first two, to be honest. I, I've seen them, and I'm like, meh. Like, yeah. it, it's a one and done for me. For- going back if i if i knew the future and i somehow slept your you know slipped into a wormhole and was able to rewatch terminator 2 and he's like i'll be back i'll be like uh, please don't just stay you don't have to yeah. it's not it's not worth it it's not worth it you know so moving on to the next one we got fantastic four 2015 which to be honest i don't know they must have had a real real shit marketing campaign because it was. I was hard pressed to find any images that were like different. They're all the same, like bluish, grayish background. 
Uh, leading man ended up actually doing awesome, which I'm glad because he was a great actor. That Miles Teller kid who played yep. Mr. Yep. Fantastic, he was great. Uh, the guy who played the thing, yeah, I think they they tried to use military stuff to explain his thingness. Um, which you know, <laughs> I try to use military stuff to explain, you know, how large my thing can get sometimes, but it, you know, it doesn't really work out that it's way. Military grade. Military grade, but people are usually like, Ugh, it must be the must be the Chinese Navy. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, China, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, anyways, no, real yeah. bad movie. Uh, the yeah, only thing well, I well to to be fair, the first one sucked too, or the first adaptation of the franchise. Franchise. The first one was okay. The Silver Surfer can suck a bag of dicks. So uh, that's so funny you say that because I heard. Sorry if you guys hear ruffling around. I may or may not be getting a, another beer. Uh, I heard that the Silver Surfer was like another saving grace sort of thing where, oh, it didn't deserve the rap it got, yada, yada, yada. But no. It's really, <laughs> really bad. Yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, they flubbed such an amazing character. They just, like, yeah, they completely neutered him, and it was... They they brought him in as like this omnipotent character, right? And then like immediately it's like, oh, gone. And then Galactus was some fucking giant solar storm. It's like, you know what? That's dumb. So my question is, does the Silver Surfer have silver balls? Did it ever show that his balls? I don't know. Maybe that's the only reason. That's how how my mind works. It's gold. It's gold? (laughs) Okay, you can't tell me that because then I'm going to go back to the comics. You're going to be like, Joba, why did you uh, go back in and and buy you know the last twenty twenty four you know thirty years of uh, Mar- of Marvel Fantastic Four comics? Well, I, mean, uh, I was just trying to find that trying to find that golden dick. Yeah, just, I just got to find it. Apparently, it's, and it's not there. And Ripley was pulling my leg the whole time. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but the next one on the list we got is RoboCop. The 2014 RoboCop, and I'll be honest, I didn't hate it. Everyone, I put it on the list because it was on. Because I did use several. I used Looper. I used Screen Rant. I used all my favorite little, you know, top ten compiling sort of nerdtastic columns to figure out and compile this list. Uh, and RoboCop 2014 was on like every one, and I was like, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just. I have a heart for the the original RoboCop, and for me, just to see another something that was RoboCop was cool. I didn't really put much thought into it because I don't think that's the point. I think the point is to see people's heads get clear blown off because very similar to Judge Dredd. They're just nasty, hardcore, just violent movies, and it's so fun. Um, and I liked the uh, the new Judge Dredd. Well, the, the latest you, release of it. You did You did like it or you didn't like it? I did, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, with with Carl Urban, uh, Dr. McCoy. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I saw that, too. Uh, I did think the, the girl that he was uh, training to be a new judge or whatever, I thought she was just really, really hot. So that's definitely what kept me watching. But the violence was also fantastic. Yes, it, it was definitely very violent. All right, continuing on. What continuing on. Yeah, Charlie's Angels 2019. Just... Basically, call of the woman. 
was just call of the woman. Women, women are awesome. Men suck. It's very similar to the Ghostbusters 2016. I didn't watch this, uh, but it got terrible, terrible reviews. I don't know if anyone watched this. The original. I, I don't even know who's in it. Oh, dude, it's the girl that has no expression from Twilight. She's in it. Oh, yeah, and, Kirsten Stewart or Kristen Stewart, whatever. Mm-hmm. But apparently, the other the other two angels or whatever are like total like no name. Whatever they have names, their mothers love them, so they had names. Uh, but I, I, they're not relevant enough to be able to recall, so to speak. So I, you know, I couldn't tell Naomi you who they are. Scott and oh, she was in a Power Rangers movie. She was in the Power Rangers that we just talked about. Yep. I think. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. She was. She uh, she was the Hot Ranger, yep, which I think the was the Ranger. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Good old Kimberly. Mm. And then Ella Balinska. Yeah, that's that means nothing to me. Yeah. Elizabeth Banks was in it. Good old Patrick Stewart. You played Bosley. But uh Patrick yeah. Stewart did that who so so this is a good little thing for you to Google as we go through these movies. Who played uh who who played Charlie in the original one with like the you know, all encompassing, amazing, sexy Cameron Diaz. And, um, oh my gosh, that fine, fine, fine Asian woman. What's her name? Uh, oh, she's beautiful. What, what was her name? Could you say it? Uh, no, I, um, Lucy, Lucy Lou, Lucy Lou, Lucy Lou. Oh, Lord in heaven. Yep. The the original Charlie in that movie was played by... All right, seriously, they're not going to give it... What the fuck? I was going to say, come on, that's got to be common knowledge now. That's only been 600 years since that movie was out. scrolling through IMDb, and I'm all the way to Knox Thug 5. Oh, Charlie, John Forsyth, who played... um, Yeah, he played... Hmm... Let's see what he. Well, let's see. He was in Dynasty, so he's got that going for him. Okay. Right. Okay. He was the original Charlie. Ah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. But he, he died in 2010, so it'd probably be hard for him to do the 2019 version. It'd be very difficult. There's probably some spells out there that could, uh, you know, do their best to to make that a reality. But let's not go there. Let's not, let's not touch that stuff. Uh, going on to the last one. Men in Black International, which I'll be honest, I totally forgot existed until I wrote this article, this this these little list this up. The one with Hemsworth. Yeah, I never watched it. I did not watch it. No. Did you watch it? No. Yeah, I saw uh, the trailer. Ugh. Nope. Yep. Did not watch it. I, I to be honest, Men in Black Three was so fucking terrible. That I mm-hmm. I couldn't touch the franchise again after that. Like, yeah, CGI it was bad. Space shuttle s- sequence was just like, it's like, what are you fucking DC Comics? Like, this is terrible. Yeah, I liked I liked the writing of it. I did like uh, I did I did like the whole thing in the end where uh k was like you know being really cool with jay as a kid after his father you know it just all that yeah, stuff yeah. i thought was 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 good development but yeah it was 
would it would be yeah, very like, a very very big stretch to say it was a good movie. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I, I would agree. The story was it was decent, but the execution not so much. Agreed. So what do we got in the good category there, Ripley? Ooh, now we're talking about my good stuff here. Oh yeah. All right. Hey. Uh, Two of my favorites right here. We've got Man of Steel and Smallville. Now, I know Man of Steel kind of got ragged a little bit, but honestly, I that movie holds up to me. I watched totally. it on the airplane the other day. Love it. Dude, like, I'll take Henry, Henry Cavill, Cavill and his CGI mustache any day. A- absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, let's go ahead and acknowledge that Batman vs. Superman and Justice League <laughs> Abomination. So bad. So uh, bad. Zack Snyder, Snyder's Justice or which one was it? Justice League. Oh, no, you're right. No, you're you're totally right. I didn't like either of them. I mean, I did not enjoy either one of them. So the Zack Snyder cut was better, but it was long as shit. But anyways, yeah. <sighs> Cavill did a great job. That movie was awesome. I don't care what anybody else says, love it. And Smallville. Totally agree. I would uh, proudly display my seven seasons of Smallville on DVD on my mantle if I have to. I, oh, yeah. I don't care. God bless Tom Welling. Um, yep. And even though uh, Lois Lane had obviously fake tits. Oh, they were amazing. Oh, she was so hot. Erica Durrance. Yep. Oh, man. She was a smoke show. See, yeah, and and she played always- Lois so well. She played her so well, the original Lois was just like that. Uh, agree. Yeah, I, I agree. And to be honest, I was always partial to Chloe. And then she got herself involved with some sort of sex cult. And let's just not get into that. That's right. That was insane. What's funny is I follow the Smallville um, Talkville podcast where they talk about all the episodes. And it's Michael Rosenbaum who played Lex Luthor. And then Tom Welling played clark and they're going over the recap of their memories and how the production went with each episode and they avoid chloe like it's and it's so funny because you know for anyone who watches smallville spoiler alert she's like one of the only characters that starts in the beginning pilot episode 10 years later it finishes with the show so she's one of the only reoccurring characters for all 10 years right <laughs> they don't talk about it they, they talk about her a good handful a little bit like they Talk about one time she cut her hair and it pissed off the producers because she didn't tell them that she was going to cut her hair. And they were like, what the fuck? So, but it's funny. They really don't go into much detail about her for obvious reasons. So, but anyways, no, I agree. I think there will never be someone who plays Clark Kent and Superman as well as a duality as Tom Welling could have, because we didn't get what they were promising us. I will say, I was very let down by the finale. I don't know if you saw the finale or not, but. Oh, I yeah, I, I did. Well, their whole premise during the show, right, was no flight, no tights. No tights. Yep. Yep. And so they held like, true to that, but it just, ugh, they could have done something. Something. Yeah. You build that, that much buildup. I mean, come on. Who hasn't been in a room with a girl you've crushed on, but they just give you so much buildup and then they go home too early. And you're left with Smallville blue balls. We've all been there. We've all been there. So if you say you haven't, you're lying. That's right. That's right. What's next on the list? All right. Next up, we already referenced this before, teaser alert, but 
Ghostbusters Afterlife. Again, I thought this movie was great. I um, I thought it was really well written. It was enjoyable. It was fun. Uh, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. It wasn't too serious. It wasn't too funny. Like it was just a perfect blend of camp, funny, seriousness. You know, thrill. Like it. It was great. Just yeah. loved it. I agree. I think Ivan Reichman knew exactly where his dad was going when his dad was actually producing those movies in the beginning. So to see him step in and direct it in the exact same way with the same overtones, the same like even the same coloring, it was even though it was set in a very different place, you could tell that the heart was like totally in that movie. I I, I went back and watched that movie like I've seen that one like on all these movies on this list. I've seen that one like four times. I loved it. Loved it. So totally. What's next? Next one on my list is something I will admit I will watch unabashedly anytime it's on TV, especially if it's just it doesn't have to be uncensored, <laughs> but it, like I, I just enjoy joy and, and it's the A Team movie. Like You felt the same way about the A Team? Oh man, I yeah, I love Liam Neeson as so Hannibal. Yes, for his face, like it is. Yep. So, and Murdoch, oh my god, that guy cracks me up. So like, good. Yeah, that uh, movie is is fantastic. Like it is, dude. Like if we, you want a mindless action movie, perfect. Laugh and enjoy yourself. Like it, it is a true popcorn movie. It is. Oh my gosh. It so is. It's so fun. I'm, I'm like sitting here mind blown that you feel the same way I do because like that is absolutely one of my favorite movies that like a lot of people are like, Ugh. and I'm like, oh no, it's good. It's good. It's entertaining. Yeah, I, it's it, exactly like if, if I can watch that movie in any mood, which is not something I can do for a lot of things. So, I, oh, yeah, totally. That movie is great. All right, next up on the list, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Um, That's true. This could be a reboot of a reboot because, of course, we had – God, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, Oh, Edward something. North. North We had Edward North. We had Norton. um, Oh, Lou Ferrigno? No, uh, the Ang Lee version. Um, oh, uh, Banna, something Banna, Banta, yeah, Banna. Eric Banna. Eric Banna, yes. that's who it was. Yeah. So yeah. Eric, Lou Ferrigno, Eric Banna, Edward Norton, and then Mark Ruffalo. I think, I mean, Mark Ruffalo just is the better Dude. actor. He did well, great. He, he did do great because he, he played the scientist part of – uh, Bruce Banner really well and like he did, also yeah. kind of showed that internal rage a little bit where yeah Edward Norton like it I just think I think he asked was, too much money he just he I, th- I think his whole thing was like he was too selfish I think that was the whole situation I don't know but I think he was like asking the studios for like all like a crazy amount of money or something and they were like we're not giving you that much money for a movie that is probably going to, you know, so I think well, that was, the, I don't know. Yeah. And you're probably, I, I, I did hear that they departed with him because of money, re- excuse me, money reasons. And the other, re- I mean, if you think about it, so at the time, uh, Marvel did not own the outright production rights to 
the Hulk. They could only use him as an ancillary character. They cannot base a movie off of him. Hence why he was included in Thor Ragnarok. But Universal owned this, like, if there's to be a Hulk movie, Universal would be the ones that did that. So why would Marvel pay, um, you know, uh, Edward Norton this substantial price when they're not even getting a lot of the benefits of it. And so, you know, it, yeah, that doesn't make it doesn't sense. Make any sense. And yeah. he just, he, he wasn't that good. Like if, if that was the Edward Norton from American history X who had that internal hatred and rage, which yeah. think that, you know, Bruce Banner. That should would, have as yeah. Whole, you think that, that would shine through a little bit. Yeah. Right. That would be a much more interesting character than just a, Oh, I'm, I'm happy until I'm not. It's like, no, no. Like you need to be containing it constantly. Anyway, totally. right. so we move on, uh, staying on. in the same, staying in the same vein. We've got Tom Holland's Spider-Man completely. Mm. Um, I, I like the first, I like the first two Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man's Andrew Garfield's first one is, is all right. But Tom Holland, I think is, like he's he's raised the bar for what we expect. Yeah, I can appreciate all of them for what they were, but I think Tom Holland brings out the absolute best of both worlds. Yep. yep. So uh, next on the list, trans- Transformers Bumblebee. Um, so good! Oh my gosh, did you watch that? No, I. You, you know, to be honest, bro, lost. it's been ten years since I've seen the Transformers movie, dude. I'm telling you, get all of the stigma that you have of Transformers out of your mind because I know we feel the exact same way. All of Michael Bay's movies are trash in that franchise, but this movie is so good. They took them back to the 80s style of um, the way they're designed. So when you look at them, you're not trying to watch every single piece of everything. And like, they look like the 80s Transformers. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's an opening sequence on. Cybertron when it unfolds and it shows them like battling each other and stuff. It literally looks like it's ripped out of like a page of like the eighties. I think transformers was a Marvel property, I think, but I don't know that for sure. But anyways, it very much holds up and looks good. And the humor is hilarious. John Cena is actually funny in it. So, uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. You say that like, he's not normally funny in the, to be honest, he's good. Her. He's great. John Cena is one of my favorite. Why do I like this guy? You know, actors. He's very, he's very good. Cock blocker. Well, they don't call it cock blockers. I think the official rooster or something. It's like rooster blockers or something. Yeah. yeah. I've seen, that, I haven't seen funny. it, but it, it looked funny, but I loved him as Peacemaker. Oh God. Peacemaker is great. Yeah. Anyway, so good. Staying on the subject of uh, superheroes, this one is a no-brainer. The Christopher Nolan Batman movies. like So good. I mean, <sighs> they brought superhero movies to the Oscars. They're, yep. You cannot debate it. Um, I mean, yeah. they're, you could probably nitpick things if you want, but overall, fantastic. Like and and just the the realism, right? Like they literally flipped a semi in the middle of Chicago. Yeah, they did. That was awesome. And yeah, and Heath Ledger, everybody knows how great he did those movies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to nitpick the um, 
The Dark Knight. That's the only one that's even. What's what I love is out of three movies, that's the only one that's nitpickable. And is Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, and you can still watch it and be like, it's still a good movie. You know, it's still fun to watch. It's still engaging. It still tells a really good story, and with fantastic characters. So, yeah, win-win scenario. Uh, on a similar vein, Daniel Craig's Bond movies, right? Like very enjoyable. Yep. Yep. Just again, it kind of going back to the A Team thing, right? Like, don't take it too seriously. Just like enjoy just it for what, what it is. Yes. Nope. Yes. I have been in scenarios where I'm with people who ask so many asinine questions about certain movies. And the whole point to the movie is to watch the damn movie. And you don't need to know the end before the beginning. And you don't need to have all the answers through the entire, unfortunately now, what is it, like a three-hour runtime? Because movies now apparently have to be like four decades long. But, you know, it's it's one of those things. Watch it for what it is. Yep. And and have a suspension of reality. There's no yeah. it's not a bad thing. God. I wish I could suspend my reality all the time. So just do it. Go with it. All right. What's next? Next up is Mad Max Fury Road. Um, I'll be honest, I have not seen this one. Oh, dude. You have to go back and watch this one. Uh what's her face does a killer performance that was like they ended up making a sequel Charlie based on Stern. how. Yes, dude. Charlie's the Ron, as I call her. She, my lord. Even though she's bald and depicted as just a masculine woman figure, she's badass, man. It, it's good. It's very, very good. Um, and also, what's his face? Tom Hardy plays a really, really good character. Play, plays Mad Max to the fullest. And the actual, the, the bad guy is actually the same bad guy from the original movies. So nice. It's definitely worth a watch. And next <laughs> up, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know this is a reboot, but Westworld. Yes. Westworld with Anthony Hopkins and, uh, oh my gosh, who's the guy who played Cyclops in the X Men movies? James um, Marsden. James Marsden. You've never seen Westworld? No, I've seen it. I didn't realize it was a, a reboot of something. Oh, dude. Oh, my gosh. There is an 80s movie called Westworld that was absolute hot garbage. And people might tell you different. Oh, no, it's a cult classic. Oh, oh, oh. It's a cult classic now that this show has come out. That's the only reason they say that. Uh, <laughs> no, it was a terrible 80s movie. With, By the way... A super scary, like Terminator esque protagonist that was causing the chaos in the park in the original movie. If you ever Google the Westworld original 80s movie, that guy was terrifying. He just looks scary. So, anyhow, I side note, side note. Well, Ripley, I say we uh, go ahead and deliver the goods. I say we go ahead and give our interdimensional cable pitches. We're here at C137. Let's go ahead and get these things submitted. I think you're really going to enjoy the one that I have to bring to the table today. You ready for this? I think I am. All right. Today, I bring you the certified on-site medical management infirmary for experimental Soviets, or commies. 
the staff of a secret super soldier hospital that lies just outside Moldova following Putin's temper tantrum, I mean war, uh, find that laughter is the best way to deal with sticky situations. Each episode is teeming with shenanigans from the ensemble cast of quirky characters featuring Lieutenant Colonel Vladimir Krach Likmiov. Uh, you've got Spectacles Shitvan Pustinki. You've got Poacher Soda Popinski. You got Panther Tank Potansky. And, you know, you got Major Top On Bottom Off. And special appearances from Surgical Secretary Boob Presky and Father Ivana Getcherzakov. <laughs> Join us each week as we explore themes of laughter, love, and of course, conquering our innocent neighbors with no mercy. <laughs> I think it's sure to be a hit. <laughs> that that's sure to be something, absolutely. Um, yeah, maybe uh, practice your pitch in front of the mirror a little bit before we go in. However, I, I do feel that I have something for you that is a no-brainer these guys are going to love it they're gonna they're gonna sweep it up and we are going to be rich my buddy i can't wait i can't wait so i you know i I was thinking what can we reboot that in the modern times that makes sense that would just be so much fun like and just energetic and just the modern day audience audiences would just lap it up, right? And it came to me, the obvious answer is Gilligan's Island. But <gasps> instead of being stranded on a remote desert island, the characters would be stuck in a space station in this distant future. Ooh. The characters would have to navigate the complexities of advanced technology and alien space species, all while maintaining the comedic and lighthearted tone of the original series. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. The entire time, I could only think of like Skipper and Gilligan, just oh, and, like like oh, trying to think like working a uh, an escape pod of some kind, and like Gilligan trying to shut. He's like, "You're too fat. You're too fat." And Skipper's like, "You're not pressing the button right." Oh my gosh, I can only imagine. Oh, I wonder if Marianne and uh, the movie star would be like super sexy aliens. I wonder. I wonder too long. I should probably stop wondering because I think I'm getting a, a wonder boner. Yeah, and uh, I think you're going to go a little Star Lord on that one. Um, yeah, it's true. Or, or Chris true. Pine in Star Trek, either way. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know who I think would play a great Gilligan and you're going to, like, completely be bewildered by this, but Zach Efron. Oh. Really? Yeah, like if you think about it, like have you seen him in this, like what he's going to do with this wrestler movie and his ridiculous haircut? Like he could yeah. look like Gilligan a little bit. And yeah, it's true. At least, at least if an attractive female finds him attractive and you're like, okay, that that has some plausibility, even though he, he's got a, bo- a bowl cut like a fucking idiot. Like, but I agree. Now that you're saying it, I did see some of those uh, marketing promotions of Zac Efron with that attire and all that stuff. And I think you're right. I think he could possibly pull that off. That's a that's kind of a good that's a good spot. It's a good thing. That's a good. Uh, hmm. 
maybe we should send that up the line. Maybe uh, C-137 will want to hear that pitch, too, and just be like, hey, maybe we'll just cast him. You never know. So, Ripley, we better go see what else we missed during our time away or within, or, well, whatever it was. You know what? That, that That's a good call. I wonder if the Lakers ever won the championship. Well, even if they didn't, the good news is that we're finally back, and we didn't let old Long Dong Tom DeLong steal our thunder. And what a time to be alive. Think of all the things that we've probably improved in three years. Um, Joba? The economy must be doing great. I mean, we had Trump in office, so no doubt we followed him up with someone super respected and super intelligent. Uh, Joba? Megan and Harry are now normal people. They're like normies. So surely they won't be all over the place or in the news or anything. And hey, maybe TikTok is finally gone. Yeah, I'm looking at the communicator news feed right now. Yeah, what's it say? Nothing. Want to get some uh, subatomic slurpees? Let's get some subatomic slurpees. Stay slurred, everybody. As we bid adieu to the Blink's ephemeral brick and emerge once more upon the cosmic stage, we set our course toward the uncharted constellations of Mirth and Satire. With our trusty waste droid Zero at our side, we embark on a voyage through laughter's nebulous thrones. Just as Blink-182 moves lyrics intertwined with our own tale of immaturity and ridiculousness, so shall our narratives weave together creating the symphony of comedic escapades. Our journey at Walpast was but a fleeting verse in the grand cosmic composition. With 12-ounce IPAs in hand, we venture forth, anticipating the glorious tales that lie ahead. Here's to the future, to the dimension operas who join us, and to the boundless laughter that awaits on this voyage to the Antimatter Minute. <laughs> Let's go, don't wait, this episode is over, honest, it was great, but now it's over, it's over, it's over, I am no longer sober. Joe Buffett here, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed our ridiculous content, then get to your nearest cosmic communication device and spread the word to your friends, family, co-workers, or nearby nerf herders. We're available on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen. If you have an idea for our show or would like to propose a theme, send in an email to CloseEncountersSlurredKind at gmail.com. That's CloseEncountersSlurredKind at gmail.com. Feel free to tweet us or shoot us a message at the TheSlurredKind on either Meta, Twitter, or Instagram. If you don't, be sure to follow us on the socials mentioned above and don't forget to join Ripley, myself, and our droid Zero Frux and all the other Dimension Hoppers over on our Facebook group, The Anti-Matter Minute. Now watch your step. It's time to board the Black Swirl so we can continue tumbling down this black hole of hilarity together. Remember, everyone, stay slurred. <laughs>